episode 11. 11. And go. All of you files. The podcast. We're in the double digits, officially. Does that make us tweens? Is 11 a tween? I think so, because I think it's before you're in your teens, but you're double digits. Okay, we can be tweens. I, I don't know. <laughs> My kids are in their 20s now. My kids are your age now, so. I've stopped growing. <laughs> I have come to a, a halt, and so now her kids are my age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, uh, but we are Oddity Files. Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast. And I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Clayton Abbott. And you're about to hear some amazing stories. That's some what we do. Stories, some spooky, some not spooky, some just otherworldly. Uh, that is your favorite word. Isn't well, it, it says it in our intro. It does. It's kind of amazing. I love our intro. I really love our intro. Thanks, DJ Jimmy. And you know who we should give a shout out to, aside from DJ Jimmy, because he's so amazing, who? is our artist, our cover art. She's so great. Gemma. Gemma's Gemma amazing. Dar. Yeah, Gemma Dar on Instagram, right? Yes. Yeah, she is so good. When I found her, I was like, that is like, it's really, really cool. It's unique. Um, it's obviously creative. Yeah, she's great. Oh, yeah. And all of her stuff is so incredible. Oh, I followed her. Right. So Clayton surprised me with the cover art for the podcast. Yeah. It was so amazing. Well, and then it just like, what are the odds that you guys are like, like, you could be pen pals? Oh, totally. She's into the same podcast I am. Everything. My favorite murder. Yes, they should pay us for as often as I plug them. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I did have somebody say, what happened to Clayton's eyes in the cover art? Oh, I thought you meant like... that's kind of what she does. Yeah, yeah. It's kind I of thought you meant like, because last episode we did the Facebook Live. Oh, yeah, And yeah, I thought yeah. you were like, someone asked... And I was like, what the f- when did my eye. eyes disappear? <laughs> no. Well, I've got the glasses in the cover art, whereas you have nothing. Yeah, 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 so, right. Which is very cool. I love it. So it thanks, really Gemma. Cool. I know. You're we need best. to get some new, uh, new shots done. Some new photos done. Oh, so I just recently did some uh, photography for my daughter and her friend who want to start a podcast. And the payment is they shoot photos of us. I got you. Oh, that's perfect. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited. And we have um, an investigation coming up this week, which we haven't investigated in a while. So, Dude, where are we going? I know. We are going to be investigating in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm so excited. And we're headed to Fear Factory, which will at some point be on one of our episodes somewhere. Somewhere. It's been so long since we've investigated. It has been. But I like it because our last investigation, you know, when when we investigate back to back to back to back, you almost get comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen the Ghost Adventures episode of this place? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. There's allegedly demons there. There are. So, is this the one? If I think I'm thinking of the correct place. It's like, it was once a nursing home? No. Oh. This what used am I to be a, an old um, factory of some sort, so hence the fear factory. And one of the... So Clayton and I met each other at um, a haunted attraction. Correct. And that's what this place is now. And one of the... Scenes in this haunted attraction is supposed to go around demons. And on the Ghost Adventures episode, the actor in that room literally says out loud demon summoning phrases. Well, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it, if anything. So they actually bleeped it out in the episode. So, oh. so it wouldn't go over the airwaves. So... We all know my thoughts on demons. I don't feel that 99.99% of ghosts are evil or demons or anything like that. So we'll see. Well, I'm super excited to be investigating again. So when Kitsy sent me the text like, hey, so we're a go for this location. <laughs> she sends me a screenshot of like um, of their like correspondence. And it's, <laughs> she says, it's going to be freezing cold. Wear layers. 
And, and if I you thought go about four episodes back. I thought we were beyond the point of having to suffer through investigations no. due to the weather. No. So. If you remember last week, we were bitching about being cold. So now we are voluntarily going somewhere just to sit in the cold. Yeah. And and talk to ourselves in the dark. The last place that was extremely cold, I almost caught on fire. Oh, no, you almost set the entire place That's on fire. That's what I mean. <laughs> so, that means I'm not allowed to even have a fire. No, no, no heating elements of any I'm gonna sort. I'm going to have more hot hands than Amazon I, can I was deliver. Say, can, we, can we get a hot hand sponsorship before we head out there? Oh, gosh. I am excited, though. I'm going to have, like, four in each shoe. <laughs> I mean, how she said freezing cold. Freezing cold. I don't know what the weather's like in Salt Lake. Is that like polar vortex freezing, or is that like? Well, we did just survive the polar vortex here in Indiana, so maybe it'll feel a little balmy. That's <laughs> what I'm going for. Just deal. We're gonna be like, are we in a cold spot? <laughs> don't know. <laughs> um. Oh, another thing that's really exciting today, actually. Um. Tonight is uh, the Ghost Stories 3 event that Hillary and Jeffrey are doing. Oh, my gosh. I kind of wish we were there. I know, right? I bet it's amazing. It would be so cool to go to. Um, and all the tickets, I think you can still get tickets day of, maybe. Um, they're on Aster Services for Children and Family website. Yes, and Ticketmaster. All you have to do and is search for Ghost Stories 3. And did you know that all the proceeds go to Aster Services for Children and Families? I did. And you know, you know why I really remember that? Why? Because Hillary invited us to go ghost hunting there. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. So we That's still have to cool. set it's, that up. It's cool to see something like that. And two amazing people doing something for an amazing cause. Yes. And the theater where they're doing it is haunted as well. Of course it is. Of course it is. She's like my soulmate. And I, I never knew that. Yeah. So there's that. And we also next month have Horror Hound. It's our live show Friday, March 15th at Whorehound Cincy. All you have to do is go to whorehoundweekend.com, and then you can buy tickets to the show. We'll have a little area set up where we'll do our very first, and I'm so excited I'm about so it. excited. And I'm like already trying to decide what stories I'm going to do or what story I'm going to do. And I have a feeling um, I'll procrastinate to the very last second and find a story. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But that's not normally me. I think it's because I'm I'm a little nervous about it. Oh, we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. Well, if people show up. If it's just the two of us, I'll totally be fine. <laughs> and crying in my wine. No, it'll be great. <laughs> Do we think we can have Trevor um, bring us alcohol? It's Horror Hound. Oh, score. <laughs> Rewind. Think about it. <laughs> Ask again. It's Horror Hound. <laughs> We can bring our own. We can absolutely bring our own. And they're like, oh, they got that over there at the bar. <laughs> Yay. I'm so excited. Me too. I really am. Um, so you know what I've noticed recently? Uh-oh. Is that on Facebook? <laughs> you and my little sister are like besties. I adore your little sister. <laughs> she is like my mini me. Everything you post, she comments. And everything she posts, you comment. And I'm know. like, what am I missing? <laughs> well, I mean, read the posts. We are the same person. I know, I know we like to call me your second mother, but I think um, I'm just like your long-lost sister you never even knew you had. <laughs> the third sister. Yeah. I never knew I had. No, because like literally every time I scroll down and like see one or the other, it's – which is it's so bad. funny. But She's hilarious, The though. more I think about it, it's like you guys do have so many similar interests. I know. And I like never see her. Can we fix that? I know. Well – Maybe when we investigate in Louisville, we can. I would love that. Figure something out, even for like an hour. I don't even care. What how month is that? Mayish. Is it May? I thought it was later. No, it's May. It's May. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then she would like owe us something for forever because that's been her dream for oh, her whole totally. life. Speaking of Louisville, Valerie. You're supposed to get back to me on that location in Louisville. We can investigate. Just calling you out, sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything new? Have you been feeling any better? A little bit. I'm kind of missing Anna. A little bit. Don't say Don't that. Don't give me that look. You're not. You're not missing. It's not the, that you're missing her. I, I don't feel her here at all. Okay. So. I feel like that's what it is. It's not like you're missing her. Like. 
you're you're like missing out on something that you once had. I feel like it's more of just like you're wondering like is she okay that sort of thing. You mean my overwhelming maternal inst- instinct? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you? No, um, the house is coming together. Update. Finally. So front door is good. Any hauntings yet? No hauntings. Am I eventually going to be able to I think they just don't want to be there. I will, I will draw them out. I think the, the no <laughs> I will ghost, bring a Ouija board. Wait, no. That's where I draw the line. And keep I'll you. just bring one. I'll walk in the door with it. You have like seven of them sitting behind you I right know. now. And have I touched any of them? No. One is like right You'll like your What head. you'll do is make like a, or get like a housewarming cake made. That's a Ouija board. Oh, that's so going to happen right now. <laughs> Any cake makers out there that know how to make a Ouija board. The trays and Ouija board and the cupcakes are planchettes. Brilliant. You know, I have someone, like one of my best, best friends from high school, his wife has like a a baking company and she makes phenomenal cakes and cupcakes. She made me margarita cupcakes that like actually had tequila in them. Um, Should we? we DJ need... Jimmy, can you down the down low get me that number? Thank Wait, you so much. Wait, what could we have her make these for? <laughs> uh, your housewarming party that I'm going to throw. <laughs> what is it? It's like. Um... It'll be me, you, DJ Jimmy, and Chris, and the dogs. <laughs> Kist- Kistler Cupcakery. Ooh. Um, and she's based out of Greenwood, Indiana, but they're. Oh, right in between the both of us. But they're so good. And I'm not just saying that because it's my friend's wife. No, They're so good. And literally, I've been trying to find an excuse to get, like, a cake or a cupcake made by her. But, like, it's all for, like, baby things. And my older sister is crazy. So she always has these things ordered, like, (laughs) seven months in advance for a pregnancy. Oh, yeah. The sister-in-law like that. <laughs> At our live show, you guys want cupcakes? <laughs> oh yes, we planchette cupcakes. Yes. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. figure out so, something. So, Jimmy, get me that number, and I'll we'll have a surprise housewarming party. Just putting <laughs> that out there. <laughs> well, um, so you remember last week? I was like, you know what? I might do an alien story. Yeah. Well, I decided to do an alien story. Like a UFO story. I kind of love them. So. Well, after Thanks Bruce's again, Bruce. story. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> after Bruce's story last week, I was just like, I am so intrigued by all this. Um, and the one that I've done is really cool because it 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 just really makes you think. It's it's more of um, like the government's experience. Ooh, are we talking conspiracy theories? No. Like hard evidence. So it's more than just like Billy Bob down the road saying, you know, that he saw a UFO. Like this is, yeah. So No double amnesia is what you're saying? No double amnesia. gotcha. Um, (laughs) Did I, she went first last week, right? Mm -hmm. Vampires. Yes. So cool. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a sip of wine first. Okay, thanks. Okay, so for most of his 18-year career as U.S. Navy pilot, Commander David Fravor said his mother-in-law always used to ask him, have you ever seen a UFO? Like, that was her main thing. I like like, her. Right, me too. (laughs) And for 15 years, no was always the answer. But a clear afternoon off the coast of San Diego in 2004, that changed. So Fravor was the commanding officer of a Navy squadron at the time. Um, he said he saw a flying object about the size of a plane, but shaped like a tic-tac Oh! after a break in a, a training routine. The object moved rapidly and unlike anything he'd ever seen in the air. Um, so his story, again, that was in 2004. Okay. His story emerged after the Pentagon publicly acknowledged for the first time the existence of a program dedicated to studying UFOs. Oh. Right. Um, and so that just came out like two years ago in 2017. Oh. So like in the past year and a half, it was like late 2017 that they came forward with this or that this program, you know, they came forward with it. Okay. So something happened in 2004, just okay. December 2017 came to So light. in 2017, they announced that 
they're starting this no, or that they that, had it? Yes. Okay. The funding was for um, a program known as the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. And that went from 07 to 2012. Okay. Um, but some people that are familiar with it says that it has secretly continued. Mm. Wouldn't be surprised. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Um, the news of the existence marks one of the most significant disclosures about government research in UFOs. So, like I said, Fravier was the commanding officer of one of the uh, of the VFA forty one Black Aces, a U.S. Navy strike fighter squadron of the F A fourteen Hornet fighter plane. Okay? okay. So they were doing some exercises sixty to hundred miles off the coast of San Diego, um, in advance of deployment to the Persian Gulf for that Iraq war. Okay. Um, an order came in to suspend the exercise and do some, quote, real-world tasking. Mm-hmm. So he said he was told by the command that there was an unidentified flying object descending from 80,000 feet to 20,000 feet and disappearing off radars. Oh, shit. Yeah. He said that they had been tracking a couple dozen of these for a few weeks, um, but they kind of just always put them off as, like, just anomalies on the radars because they would go from 80,000 to 20,000 and disappear. Yeah, but if it happens more than once... That's what I'm saying. So, whatever. So, he starts heading towards it and he can see it like on his his instrument radar. Okay. Like where it is. Um, and as he's getting closer, they're not seeing like anything until they look closer to the water. And he see, it says that there was a large... Um, it looked like section of water looked like it was boiling almost what yeah um and then so when they arrived even closer they saw like hovering around the patch of like white boiling water was a white tic tac about the size of their plane about 40 feet long no wings just hanging close to the water the object created zero rotor wash so like you know when a helicopter is really close to the water yeah like none of that was happening and it was just like hovering and like moving. But the water looked like it was boiling? Yeah. And so this white tic tac about the size of their plane was just hovering and shifting around this section of water. Um, and it was very. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And it was just very like. Um, like, like, hey I, guys, I, look I, at us. Well, but I watched um, like a, a simulation that like reenacted it, you know? I was hoping you were going to say like video of the actual event. <laughs> well. Oh. Uh, but this reenactment. It was like um, it moved very like sporadic, like left and then forward and then back, and almost like a like a vacuum on your floor. How it just like moves. Yeah, it. but like it was my this giant white tic tac looking thing over this boiling area of water. Um, he said, as I got closer and the nose of the plane started to pull up, um, the thing accelerated and it was gone faster than anything I'd ever seen in my life. Oh. We turned around. Um, we turn around and say, "Let's go see what's in the water." And there was nothing there; like the water had cleared up. So, not even a. Well, I guess they probably didn't have like heat cameras or anything like that. Right. But. So, Fravers they headed back to the USS Nimitz, which was their aircraft carrier, uh, but a separate crew had already taken off towards the object to begin to search for it, and they tracked it for about a minute and a half, shooting video. Um, Navy superiors didn't seem interested in the event, so those like Fravor who had seen it... Wait, they're, they're just not interested. Literally, yes. Okay. Because when it wasn't like threatening, it was dismissed. Unacceptable. Right. <laughs> and so the guys that were in the air at the time, he actually says, quote, like they got a ton of men in black jokes from like other of sailors and stuff. Of course, stuff. which would be fun. So Fravor, who retired in um, 2006, later shared the story with his wife and children and some others who would ask, but nothing really came of it until 2009 when a government official um, who they... Speaking of men in black. They didn't say his name, um, was doing a unofficial, an unofficial investigation um, because he was like, he found these records and was like, how did Ooh. this just go unnoticed? Yeah. So thank you, Luis um, Elizondo, who who no longer remains nameless. Right. Um, he was the officer who ran a secret, um, a secretive program at the Department of Defense um, that now 
the Pentagon has released. Oh, well, admitted. In 2017. Gotcha. But um, mm-hmm. Elizondo left the government to work on a private company and is hoping to promote UFO research for both scientific and entertainment purposes. Um, he quietly arranged a sec- um, the secure release of three videos of UFOs from the Pentagon, including the one shot. How did I not know Favors. this? Yeah. Um, so, and Fravor um, says that he still like faces a lot of ridicule about it. There's so many people oh, that I'm don't sure. believe him. Um, and haters gonna hate. Well, and he says like he he's never been a drinker. He doesn't do drugs. He always made sure and got a good night's sleep. It wasn't like he was hallucinating. Oh, poor guy. And the crazy thing is, like, the evidence like they have it on this like thermal cam. Like you can see it. Um. And, but this is what's cool that I think he says, a quote that I have down that he says, because it's not just like UFOs are real, da, da, da. He says, this is revolutionary technology to be able to accelerate, go up and down. Think about the advances it would bring to mankind. It's like. So here's my thoughts on aliens. And since we've started doing this podcast, you know, randomly, I think of shit like this. Okay, how quickly did did cell phones come about? Everything, this, that, and the other, since, like, the whole Roswell thing happened. I'm sure I'm not the per- first person to think of this ever, but I'm, 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 I'm totally on this guy's side. Right. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Because, I mean, why? first off, why would we just dismiss it? That pisses me off. Yes. Two, like, it's... Like ghosts, we don't have to be scared of them. No. Well, I I am scared of aliens just because I don't know anything about them, but I don't know, really know anything about ghosts either. I don't know. I know. I'm going to pull up this video for you. <gasps> so excited. So keep in mind, it's just a, like what they would see on their instrument panel. Right. Oh. Oh. They're just changing. Like, oh, okay. Is literally a tic tac. And it's just hovering there. What year was it again? 2004. So, way before drones. Well, and they were 60 miles off the coast of San Diego. Like, One, I can't believe they've released this, and I've I've not seen this before. Now, two, why are they hiding all this shit for so long, and then it's gone? Wow. So, if you guys wanted to see this video, head on over to our Instagram, where DJ Jimmy puts all the his hands just went wah wah. So I felt like I had to say it out loud. Um. Where he posts everything in our um, stories for each episode. It's and they're super cool. You can learn a lot about them. I'm gonna That's pull nuts. up just really quick um, the recreation that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's I don't know. It's just a lot easier to visualize. It, it's a little more real life as opposed to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I mean they. Um, this the person that made this video like sunk his entire life um into researching this because like us he's just thinking obsessed like what why why was this just swept under the rug and why has and it wasn't the only instance either that's what's killing me i know so we've got some really cool i feel like i'm watching a video game it's awesome some fighter planes We've got Goose from Top Gun. Right. So as you see, like this odd chunk of water. Okay. So that's the boiling. Boiling. Gotcha. But they just said that's not. It was just like a random bubbly section of water. In the middle of the water. And that's what drew drew their attention originally. No, they didn't even see that. They originally went out there because something was on the radar. Oh, because of the tic tac. Yeah. And see that? That thing that's just like. Oh, wow. Oh. So when he 
recreated this? Was it, did he have long conversations with the, the guys who had seen it and everything like that? Yes. Wow. Yeah, like he has sunk in like tons and tons of time and money and efforts into just this. Like wow. this. This creation. one yeah. sighting. Um, but you know what I mean? How it just moves like sporadically yeah. and. It's kind of like me playing a video game. But how this just like, and then look, just. It's just gone. Shoots out of the air. Very similar to Bruce Campbell's story. Very similar to Bruce's story. Weekend. Which had the heat that would have caused caused the boiling True. of this. I don't know. Maybe he saw the same thing. I don't know. So very crazy. And the fact that the person who was um, in that organization in the Pentagon said that he arranged release of, you know, three clips. It's like, out of how many? Exactly. Ugh. Ugh. There's so much I want to know. And I feel like there's so much they're hiding from us. There absolutely is. They have to. And not just aliens. You talk about cryptids. You talk about ghosts, anything. How much does the government know about everything? I don't know. We'll never know. Well, until they surround my house tomorrow and tell me to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Right? Because they're listening on every Alexa device in this house. Well, and I have lots of them. So I did have a funny story. Um... Not funny, just odd, speaking of Alexa, that happened in my house. You know, I always ask you anything spooky going on in your life. Um, So, like, two weeks ago, she's talking right now, she being Alexa. Oh, she's turning back. She heard you again. (laughs) Anywho, so I was out front of my house, and it was pretty chilly, and all of a sudden, it's like all these birds from out of nowhere, just kind of like surrounded the front of my house. It was crows. It was finches. It was like, and they were all squawking and everything. And I'm, I looked at Chris, my husband, and I'm like, babe, I think the apocalypse is about to happen. So, you know, he laughed at me because he thinks I'm crazy. Was he all with you? Yeah. And we walk back in the house and he goes downstairs and I head towards the kitchen. And all of a sudden I hear Alexa um, I have a, an Alexa show in my kitchen. I hear the speaker go. So I look toward the kitchen and the lights above the sink flicker and turn off. And then all of a sudden I smell like burning electric. Stop. Not even kidding. Not even kidding. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, babe, I think we're about to have a fire. So um, I can't get the lights to turn off and on anymore. So it tripped a switch Okay. for the lights and the dishwasher. We figured out that the dishwasher had burnt out because I kept smelling it and smelling oh, okay, it. And okay, Chris okay. and I are like all throughout the kitchen. We figured out what it was. Um, it had tripped the fuse in the garage because I went out and checked it. But she's going to say something again. But Alexa in my kitchen is not even attached to, to that anything. same circuit. It's like she's plugged in on an island that's right. That's the only electricity that feeds to that island. So it's like something sent an excess of energy in that area. Hence the birds out front of my house squawking and cawing. I mean, even woodpeckers. I, are woodpeckers even out in the winter? They were going nuts. And then I went in and all that happened. So I know I got rid of Anna, but I, I felt like since the only way we communicate with her is via speakers, is she was trying to warn me that something was about to happen. Oh, he's got goosebumps again. Yeah. I did not because I've told this story so many times to people, like my kids and everything. But it was nuts. So we have a new dishwasher. And a new garbage disposal, because I guess the garbage disposal was leaking under the sink, which in turn, that's where the dishwasher is plugged in. So it could be paranormal alert that happened, or just shit went awry in my kitchen. But I, I, I still can't explain the speaker. I've never heard any of my echo anything. 
just go off out of the blue. It's it, it almost sounded like a spirit box. Whoa. Yeah. Do yours ever, you know, when you... Um, Speaking of conspiracies you know, and Alexa. What, what sound is it? Is it like when someone drops in or... When I drop in, it doesn't make a single noise. No, there's a sound yeah. like a chime. What do you do to make it make it? Alexa, turn off Christina's office. Is that what it is when you turn off the lights? No, because we don't have any of the lights. When you send a, on that app, you can mm-hmm. s- like um, send a message or drop in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, it'll make this chime prior to receiving a message. That's what it is. Um, And so I was sitting in – this is the old house. I was sitting in there one day and uh, – on And he was on the ship. So like – like fuck with him every now and then. Just oh, just I do that to Chris all the time. <laughs> yeah. But so I'm sitting there like in the kitchen and all of a sudden that chime goes off. And so I'm like waiting for this message. And so I text him like, hey, did you just drop in or like send a message? He's like, no. So I say, Alexa, why did you just make that sound? And she was like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know that and I was like, oh. <laughs> so oh, then really, I was I told him what happened, like whatever. Well, then he gets back from the ship and we're sitting, was it in the room or in the kitchen? And the sound goes off and I was like, I told you. Really? Yeah. Um, I was going to say it hasn't happened yet, but they're not plugged in yet because our internet um, gets hooked up in three days. Yay. Um, Yeah. You know, there's all the conspiracy theories with Alexa, but she's like so sick of me saying her name right now. Did you know I asked if I could change her voice? That noise? No, it's it's the other one when it goes up. Oh, okay. Um, I asked if I could change her voice, and she's like, no. Really? Mm-hmm. You can change her name hmm. through the Alexa app. Because, like, how Siri, you can change Siri's voice. Oh, gotcha. She's not well, happy with now us that right we've now. Paid Thanks, Amazon's Alexa. Bills for the, we appreciate you. <laughs> for the day. Yeah. What is your story? My story, my computer is asleep. It's a haunting. <gasps> so I was surfing the internet, as I do, and I don't know if we've told our listeners about my obsession with um, the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine. Yes. And how I think they are the coolest kids ever. I came across this article, and they were kind of dissing on them. So I was like, eh, read a couple message, uh, a couple paragraphs, and then I, I saw about a haunting that I'd not heard of before. So I Googled it, and first thing that came up was a video from E.T., Entertainment okay. Tonight, um, from the 90s, talking about this made-for-TV movie about the Smurl haunting. Which I had never heard of. Yeah, so never I was heard very of excited. And I literally YouTubed and watched the entire 1991 <laughs> made for TV movie about the Smurl haunting. So my story is pretty much based on the movie. But before I, I had done it that way, I had um, I'd watched the whole Entertainment Tonight segment. And the Smurls said that it was pretty much everything was dead on the way things happened for them. That's rare. Yeah, I thought so too. (laughs) Well, it was made for TV versus, you know, Hollywood. Right. So the Smurl haunting goes a little something like this. In 1975, Jack and Janet Smurl moved into a duplex on Chase Street after losing their house and everything in it after Hurricane Agnes. The neighborhood was built over mines way back in the 30s, and the house was built where there was an actual cave-in, and the cave-in unearthed some evidence of satanic worship. Whoa. And the story goes a little something like this. When they first moved in, Mary witnessed little things um, that was confirmed by her mother-in-law, who lived in the other side of the duplex, and seeing it was things like seeing dark shadows that would go through walls back and forth between the two duplexes. And the ladies finally tell their husbands about this who think they're absolutely insane. Girls, I get you. 
Until one night, Janet starts hearing whispers. She's laying in her bed and down on her pillow, and she keeps hearing these whispers. And she's like, she wakes up her husband. He's like, Jack, do you hear these whispers? He's like, no, it's get over it. It's fine. Until he laid his head down on her pillow and heard the exact same what? whispers. Yes. Get rid of the pillow. So, it, yeah. So he says, well, why don't you lay with me on my side of the bed? <laughs> and, you know, everything's fine. They fall asleep until they see an, an entity. She starts to feel an entity touch her legs. So he wraps his leg around her. This is according to the movie. I don't know. Based sure. on true events, whatever. And then he feels the same entity <gasps> touching his leg. Crazy. Um, soon after they invite a priest over for dinner and tell them about the dark shadows, the whispering and the voices and all the terrifying activity. There's a a, pretty much little bits and pieces ever since they moved in until the incident in the bedroom. They tell the priest about it. So before he leaves, he goes through the house, blessing each and every room. And as things go... This only ramps up the activity. At one point, the children are sitting around the kitchen table, and the chandelier actually falls and <gasps> lands on one of the girls. What? Yes. On her? On her. Fortunately, she only walked away with the slight slight cuts. Hold on. This is in a duplex? Yes. What kind of duplex has a chandelier? Well, it's Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Old time stuff. Small chandelier. That's yeah. why she... Okay, sorry. Well, by chandelier, I meant like... Hanging okay, picture. 1991. It was just like, you know, one of those <laughs> right. things with like the things. Yep. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, I wish people could see my hands <laughs> right now. Um, fortunately, the child walks away with only slight cuts and abrasions. So Janet goes back to the priest and says, what can you do? Mm-hmm. He says, well, I've, speaking to the, I've spoken to the Catholic Church and they will not give me permission to do anything further. Wow. There's nothing more he can do for them. Uh, I mean, he he sensed it while he was there. In the movie, by the time he was done blessing the house, he felt like he was going to vomit and had to leave immediately. So, and Janet decides to take matters into her own hands. Um, she starts to research the paranormal in the library because the interwebs didn't exist back then. And she comes across the name Fred and Lorraine Warren. In the 70s and 80s, the Warrens were the end-all, be-all of paranormal investigating, known more, no mostly for their books and lectures on evil and demons. They were demonologists that investigated the Amityville house. So that's how they kind of got their yep. claim to fame. And were at that time mainly known for that. However, before the Warrens could actually make it to the house, Jack had, Jack being the husband, had the most terrifying experience of his life. When he was downstairs watching a baseball game, his wife went up to bed. Next thing he knows, he's thrown out of his recliner onto the floor by a succubus and raped. What? Yes. It was... It was not the most intense scene because it, you know, it was a made-for-TV movie. But it was, it was, it was intense. All the while, a baseball game is playing on TV the entire time. Yeah. Of course. So after that, the Warrens were finally able to make it make it out there. Could not <laughs> believe, you know, the succubus rape and and everything else. And um, Ed is interviewing Jack and Janet while Lorraine goes and does her psychic medium thing, because that's what she's known for. Excuse me. She walks throughout the entire house and tries to communicate with the spirits, and she finds out there are four entities in the home. There's an older lady, a younger woman, um, and a man who died there tragically in the past. So he had lived there and died there tragically. And a demon. Surprise! The Warrens, a demon. Surprise! Um, this demon allegedly was using the three other spirits to try to break up this family. Wow. Yeah. So the Warrens let them know that... So when they moved into the duplex, it was a, a wreck. So they did renovations and things like that. And the renovations are actually what woke up the spirits. 
Um, and then their two daughters. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, their two daughters had recently gone through puberty. And allegedly, when a female goes through puberty, it's a, like paranormal activity is drawn to that. Explains so much of my life. Well, my two yeah. sisters. Yeah, I'd actually like to research that and, and yeah. do a story on that at some point because I've heard that. In I wonder the past. if um, Grant Wilson has any insight on that. Oh, we should reach out. Should I totally should? Um, so with the renovations, the daughter's going through puberty. It was kind of the perfect storm for paranormal activity. And before the Warrens left the home for the first time, um, the paranormal activity started to intensify. I think just being the psychic medium that Lorraine Warren is kind of activated that. And in the master master bedroom, um, things went kind of crazy. I know it was a made for TV drama, but they were showing, you know, TV turning off and on drawers, opening and closing. And, now, here's where I'm going to pull the whole made-for-TV movie thing. They they showed Ed with a video camera recording <laughs> all that. I want to see that footage. Same. So, um, But the Warrens kind of let him know that, you know, you've got a rough road ahead of you. Which, I mean, you've got a demon and several other ghosts. It's going to happen that way. So after some much-needed confer- confirmation on what they were going through... And that it was not in their heads, the Smurls decided to take the whole family on a camping trip just to kind of, you know, get away, get clear everybody's house, yep. minds. Because they were keeping this from the kids for the longest time Gosh. until the Warrens actually came in. And they're like, no, you have to let the children know what's going on. And so they did. And they took um, the husband's mom and dad and everybody. The entire duplex was empty and they went off to a family camping trip. But as things seemed to be going well, the family had no idea that back at their home, the neighbors are hearing screams from their empty home and the lights were flashing on and off. And I even went above and beyond the made-for-TV movie, which was entertaining as shit. And then I I, I read articles about it. And this is is in everything. I've literally never heard of this. I know! Exact same. So the neighbors called the police. And by the time the police got there, of course, you know, it's nothing's up. happening. Um, let's see. So the the Smurls are off doing their camping trip, telling ghost stories around a fire. I don't know what good that's going to do them. Um, but they're kind of all sitting around the campfire. And all of a sudden, just <gasps> dogs from everywhere start barking. For absolutely no reason. I mean, even in the movie, I know, made for TV, blah, blah, blah. But grandma's all like, there's no way I'm going to sleep with all of these dogs barking. And I'm like, okay, girl, you might be onto something. And then the entire family witnesses off in like, so they're camping and, and there's like the wood line, similar to my yard. And off in that wood line, they see the exact same shadow figure that both Janet and her mother-in-law oh, had seen at the house. Oh my gosh. So I don't know who's fucking with the house, but the shadow figures on the goddamn camping trip. Whoa. Insane. So, um, after they tell the Warrens about everything that went down, the Warrens decide to come in and bring with them in, let's see here, I lost my place. Okay, so the the Warrens decided since the Catholic Church won't do anything, they were going to bring in an Episcopal Episcopalian, an Episcopal priest. Oh, since the Catholic Church won't do anything about it, and I guess the thing is, if it's it's your house, you're supposed to go with your religion and bring in like a Catholic priest if you're Catholic. But all they had was this Episcopal ch- priest or whatever. And um, because they felt like they had no other choice. The cleansing ritual was done and it ended with the entire home smelling of roses, which kind of led everybody to believe that <sighs> everything's okay. Um, upon the priest leaving, Jack asked the priest, what exactly is it that the demon wanted? Oh, gosh. And the priest let him know that the demon's intentions were to kill Jack 
And the only defense he had was faith in his faith in God because they were such a religious family. Months went on without a single incident. And even a, a few days, they would smell, every few days, they would smell roses in the home, which became almost like a reassurance sure. that everything's fine at this point. Until one fateful night when everything came to a head, according to Janet, she was lifted six feet above her bed. And thrown around the room. Oh my gosh. Jack witnessed the entire thing, but was completely paralyzed. Frozen. Frozen, sleep paralysis, but was able to see yeah, the yeah. entire thing. And he was unable to help her. So after this incident, Janet with uh she went to the nearby bishop's office. She's like, okay, so my priest isn't gonna do anything. He's absolutely useless at this point. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bishop's office and beg and plead for help. And um, they're like, well, we'll take it down your name and see what we can do. So allegedly, the Catholic Church at that point was like, you know, demons are so old school. We're trying to be this new school mm -hmm. thing. And they just wanted nothing to do with it, which is weird. To so me. weird. Feeling helpless. Since nothing they had tried was working, or anything longer than a few months to rid the house of the demons and its spirits, move. Jack decided to go to the press with his story, hoping that someone would see their story and be able to help them rid the family of this evil presence. Needless to say, this back backfired horribly, and the press was camping out on their front lawn. Psychics would put on shows for the press on their property. But one silver lining is that the bishop that she pleaded to had seen the story and finally sent over a priest to stay with the family to see if he could witness any activity. So they literally called the church out. And the church is like, oh, we should probably do something. The priest stayed for days and the house was dead silent with no activity occurring the entire time he was there. He then left the home thinking the family was doing all of this for the attention of the press still perched outside on their front lawn. The family then made plans to move. Finally. Yeah, right. Well, they were claiming they couldn't afford it. Right, this, that, sure. And the other, but still, I mean, they've literally tried everything. Yeah. Not due to the paranormal activity at all, but it was actually due to the press. They couldn't deal with these people camped out on their lawns anymore. Um, and, yep, you guessed it, the paranormal activity followed them. Oh, no. Just as they were afraid of, just like the camping site. But finally, a church-sanctioned exorcism happened in May 1998 and completely ended the family's ordeal. 98? 98. That's crazy. 89. Oh, hard. still. No, you're fine. No. So it started in the 70s yeah. all the way to almost the 90s. But had the church uh, intervened originally in the beginning, this, they, would this have stopped? I would like to think so. I would like to think so, too. Okay. Did you know, I might have told you this, maybe I didn't, that so my freshman... So just my freshman year, I think it was, of college, my freshman year of college, I took um, Spanish um, both semesters, and my professor was just like an adjunct professor, so like he just, he wasn't a full-time professor. Okay. Because his real job, he had three, three doctorates, two doctorates, three doctorates, whatever. Um, he, when he wasn't teaching Spanish, he was like an actual doctor, like Patients. Like physician. Physician. Okay. The next one, an exorcism priest. Get the fuck out. I swear. I what? swear to you. You have never told me this before. I know. Because he was like this like batshit little like Hispanic man who was awesome, like one of my favorite professors ever. But so yeah. So we know it we know somebody who can do an an exorcism? I mean it's like You could find him. He can't oh, I could email him, but <laughs> I don't think he's allowed to just like, oh, got to go do one. Like they have to go through this process of like getting them approved and doing them. And he was very weird about like what he would and would not say. Really? Yeah. 
I'd love to have him on a show. Yeah, I could email him for sure. I just had the worst case of deja vu. Ugh, I hate deja vu. God, what is deja vu? You really want to know? Yes. I learned this in psychology. Okay. Deja, Deja vu is like a little mishap in your brain that things that are happening temporarily go to your long-term memory before your short-term memory. So it feels like you're reliving them. So like when things are happening, your brain's logging them in your memory, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes short-term, long-term. And short-term memory like isn't does you don't have as big of a hard drive for short-term memory. If right, you right, right. So what does it mean when that happens all the fucking time? I've got dementia, don't I? <laughs> the signs. <laughs> well. Um, but yeah, when I learned that, it was just like a random day in psychology. I was like, ah. Finally. An answer I didn't even know like yeah. that I needed I to literally feel like it's a dream sometime. Oh, sometimes it's so scary. And I feel like I think I know what's going to happen next. Oh, but I then know, it I'm ends. Psych- oh, I'm a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, God. And then a talking a... dog walks in the... Oh, no? Okay. Well, oh, there's Coda. I knew she was coming in. <laughs> uh, oh. Gosh, we have uh, told some long stories this week. So I, I do have one more listener story. This one's going to probably run a little longer than we're used to. That's okay. But that's for Jim, who says our, our episodes are way too short. So I'm, I'm just putting that out there, Jim. No, this I is all your fault. Listener, listener stories. <laughs> this is from our a very good friend of ours. His name is Trevor, and it's called Experience. Anyone who knows me can attest to the fact that I'm very fluent in nerd culture, and I don't limit my interests to one facet of pop culture. As much as I am a true believer in the paranormal and the existence of extraterrestrial life, I'm not easily influenced by all of the stories and loads of supposed evidence out there. I've witnessed a few unexplained incidents throughout my life thus far. But there is only one experience that has left me with such an impact and a loss for explanation. I'm a creature of habit and, a, and I battle numerous OCD tendencies. Yes, Trevor, we know. Still today, but back in high school when this event took place, these behaviors were much more evident. I feel obligated to state this when describing the events of this night as it plays a factor in the unusual situation and circumstances that took place. It was a hot and humid Midwest night in the town of West Lafayette, Indiana, in August of 1995. Summer was wrapping up, and I was preparing to enter into my junior year of high school. I was working a full-time job during the weekdays and usually rounding out my evenings at home as I did this night. I retired to my upstairs bedroom in our family's house around approximately 11 p.m. to throw on my headphones and escape with some music, as I did most nights to wind down and relax until falling asleep. I listened to music for quite some time. I got up to change over to a different album, and I happened to glance at the clock by my bedside stand, and I made my way back to the bed after changing the album and clearly recall it being 1244. I fell asleep so quickly that I can't even recall how far into the album I got, but it had to be mere moments later. What I do know is the next thing I recall was awakening abruptly outside on the sidewalk of my home, sitting upright, Indian style. Remember, Indian style. I immediately felt the rush of goof goosebumps cover my entire body as I was at a loss for words and I was scared not knowing what occurred for me to be where I was. I felt very weak and exhausted, but got up and walked back up to the front door to go in and see anyone in the house if they could explain. Sleepwalking? Yes. That's my first thought. The front door was locked. Which is very interesting. And that was shocking because, again, it adds to the strange nature of all this. He had no keys on his person and could not have locked the door on the outside on his way out. He left the house of his own, if, if he had left his house on, the, on his own accord. He walked around the, to the back sliding door and that was locked. Whoa. And there's no way to lock a sliding door from the outside. So as he was out there, he knocked on the door 
very loudly and nobody came to the door until his mother came to the door. And she opened the door with a look of confusion on her face. She was clearly shook up and I told her I didn't know how I got outside. At first she thought I was just fooling around and then she soon realized with my nervous nature I was absolutely serious and scared. She explains that she only heard the doorbell and that everyone in the house was asleep. His mother asked him if he realized how late it was and proceeded, she proceeded to tell him it's 3.34 a.m. So the last time... 3.34? Yes. It was 12.44. Yes. Insane. So he, he, like us right now, got goosebumps and was absolutely terrified because he had no idea what had happened during that time. Nothing made sense, and I truly believe I lost time. Back to Bruce again. Oh, right. And this is something I had only read about and seen in film and on TV. I know that I was lying on my bed listening to music with the window closed and his bedroom door locked because he locked his bedroom door every night. Same. To keep his sister out of his room. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we were all teenagers at one point. Um, so when he walked back into the house... And went to his room. His bedroom door was still locked. His his headphones, once he got into his room, his headphones were still lying on his bed where he had been the last time he had remembered. And nothing else was out of place in his room. He had zero recollection, that's hard to say, of ever walking in his room, sleepwalking, anything like that. He doesn't remember getting up from his bed or making his way outside. And he goes on to say he never sits Indian style ever. Whoa. And that's how he was when he right. woke, up, outside. woke up, I guess is what you would call it. So he really has no explanation for what happened. He's He's not claiming that he was abducted by aliens. He's not claiming that... You know, he was possessed by anything else, but he just has this, was it, math is hard, three hours, four hours of lost time that he cannot explain. And he cannot explain how he actually got outside of his house, but yet everything inside is still completely locked and absolutely how it was. That's crazy. Insane. That's really cool, though. Yeah. But again, northern Indiana. Dude. So much. So. We should try to get a hold of the Pentagon. We should. And see if this program they had. Oh. That'll never happen. So remember a few episodes back, the little green men with the glowing? Yes. So Chris, Captain Chris is his name on Instagram. Yeah. He is, He had messaged me. And I guess there was a Mothman sighting in Muncie. Oh, Jesus. What the fuck is going on in central Indiana? <sighs> You've got Kokomo with all the UFO sightings. Right. Trevor and Lafayette. You've got Little Green Men and Mothmen and Muncie. So, I mean, Chicago and and, 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 and Lake Michigan is kind of known for Mothman. Right. That's 140 miles south of Lake Michigan. Well, it's Mothman. It can fly. Yeah. Do you think it's the whole, you know... The polar magnetic thing shifting, ley lines are shifting. Someone just asked us about that. It was Captain Chris. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that totally pop up, and I was like, it. I don't know shit about that stuff, so I, I can't answer you. <laughs> I know. I I'm like, ooh, that's worth looking into. Did I look into it? No. But if anybody else out there knows if the ley lines can shift with right. the magnetic shut, this goes shift. back to what we said. What was it, two, three weeks ago, about like us being experts on nothing. Nothing. Just really experienced in a lot of things. Yeah. So it's and super like, interested about everything. We get some like Instagram and Twitter message of people asking the most detailed, like, I need to know what to do. And it's like, call someone else. <laughs> like, we're that's really interesting. We'll tell your story once like you resolve it. Yeah. But we aren't the people to come to to resolve it. No, 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 no. We'll we'll go in. We'll talk to your ghosts. Right. But we, we actually have a business idea. That if anyone ever wanted to be, pos- not possessed, but if ever, anyone ever wanted something to live with them, um, to let we're, us know. We're your, and we're your, your girl and guy. Yeah. 
If you ever, if you just really want something. We know something, how to invite them into your home. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, maybe we'll go on Shark Tank next week and there you go. pitch our idea. Or you can, or the people listening can just buy our merch at oddityfiles.com. Or that. I don't know. I'm just we need making podcast shit up. merch. That's what I do. We do need podcast merch. I'll design some. Okay. Just show me how. Through the it's software. Photoshop. No. Don't you do it? Yeah, and then you just upload it. Oh, hell yeah, I'll do it. That'll be fun. Sweet. Okay. So look for new merch real soon. <laughs> new merch real soon. <laughs> um, but as always, guys, sorry this has been so long, but I feel like it was a lot of good material. It, was. it totally was. And a great listener story. Um, totally. As always. If you have your own story of being abducted and probed by aliens or... Or just a haunting. Or just a haunting or you saw Mothman or anything. I want to know more about the Mothman. Oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Please okay. don't forget about our live event at Horror Hound Cincinnati, March 15th. Horrorhoundweekend.com is where you can get tickets for that. Yeah. And who knows? If you come, we'll give you a free signed 8 by 10 How about that? And, and plan cupcakes. check cupcakes. <laughs> Oddity Files. The podcast. The podcast.